At this time, it gives me great pleasure to welcome our listening congregation. And we count you all who listen regularly, friends, and an extended part of the family of the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're glad you're tuned in today to this rebroadcast of our Communion Day service. Our message today will be a little unusual in its form, but we hope that you will stay with us as long as you can, and we know that you will be blessed. At this time, we will hear again from our Abundant Life Church Mass Choir, and we ask your prayers upon their ministry and ours as we proceed in worship of our God.
Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the reminder that all of our help cometh from the Lord. And as we open the word, may that help in the presence of the Holy Spirit secure the word and the blessing in every heart. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, choir, for lifting our hearts heavenward here today in your various songs of ministry. This is Communion Sabbath, and Communion Sabbath is always a little different, and today will be no exception. we will have two parts to our ministry for this hour. And the first will be grounded in the words of the apostle in the book of Titus, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon. You know where to find that little book, I'm sure. The book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And as I read, I want to welcome all of our members from our Hispanic fellowship. They usually meet in the house across the street or in the fellowship hall, but on Communion Sabbath, we all come together. They're all members of Abundant Life. So we're reading now from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to how many men? All. To all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live how? And what else? And what else? When? In the present world or the present age. Our topic for the sermonette is amazing grace. Amazing grace. The word grace in the New Testament comes from the Greek word charis, which means to show favor or to extend kindness, or to give a benefit. And to do so without consideration or regard for worth or merit. That's what the basic meaning of grace is. It is God's giving favor, God's giving kindness, God's giving benefit, something unearned. And doing so with no regard to the worthiness of the recipient. The best Bible examples I can think of are 
the victim in the parable of the Good Samaritan, and our prophet tells us that this incident really happened, and also the experience of the prodigal son. I think these are perhaps the clearest examples that come to mind. Here is the victim, the Jewish victim in the ditch, having been robbed and beaten, and the Bible says left bleeding half dead. And here is this Samaritan, a part of the race of people that the Jews hated. And yet, the Samaritan showed this person who he knew if the situation were reversed wouldn't dare get his hands dirty. But he gave him grace. And then there is the incident of the prodigal son who did as wrong as you can do. Took his inheritance, told his parents, I got to get out of here. Too many rules in this house. Too many worships. Too many got to go to Sabbath schools. Too many rules and too many restrictions and took all of his inheritance prematurely and went to the big city and lost it. He blew his money, blew his health, contracted diseases, got a job finally with the swine, got so low he couldn't go any lower, and yet when he went back, his father gave him grace. Gave him grace. And that is exactly what God has done for you and for me. And that is why we can sing amazing grace. Because the fact is, grace, the grace of God is more wonderful than human language or illustration can describe. It is indescribable, it is not comprehensible as to how the God of the universe could be so good to unworthy people like you and like me. In the Garden of Eden, he gave us the first of his 6,000 years of amazing grace when he allowed Adam and Eve to live on. Justice required their destruction. Justice said they should have been obliterated. But God gave them amazing grace. He gave them a second chance and not only a second chance, but in Genesis 3.15, the promise of a Savior, someone who would come and pay their penalty. Amazing, amazing that the God of the universe would promise and would deliver on sending the most prized possession of glory to shed his robes of light 
and condescend through intervening orders of creation and come into this cesspool of a world and lower himself, humble himself, lower himself into this diseased, sinful, wicked world in which we live. Amazing. But what I want to point out today is not just the universality of God's grace, the amazing grace of God to save our world, the one lost sheep, when 99 was still in the fold, representing all those worlds that have never fallen, all those sinless worlds still in the fold, God would come into this world and risk his character, risk his reputation, and suffer and die just to save this one lost sheep. That is amazing enough in the universal sense. But what I want to emphasize is his grace to us individually. Amazing. What has God done for us individually? How have we experienced his grace? First of all, we've experienced his grace. We are experiencing his grace because we're still alive. That's grace. The very fact that you and I are breathing today is a matter of grace. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But when at age 21, I was leaving in my first church district, 21 or 22, and I was leaving Columbia, South Carolina to go to Sumter, South Carolina, about a 60-minute ride early one Sabbath morning, and my windows were rolled up, and I didn't see the train coming along on a path that would have struck my car. I heard the whistle, I heard the sound, I heard the train blowing, but I kept looking, and since the train was moving along a mountain, I didn't see it. And I saw the sign blinking on the railroad track, and I saw the bus park on the other side, and I heard the sound, but I still didn't see it. And I said, well, why should I stop when there's no train? Can't see it. And when I crossed that track, the train was so close, it blotted out the light on this right-hand side. And I just could feel that car hit the track going, and the train going. I don't know about you, but I've had amazing grace. Amazing grace. When I was bitten by a deer tick and lay in Washington Adventist Hospital and Sanitarium in third degree heart block, and they told me I needed a pacemaker, and they didn't know really what was wrong, but third degree is next to fourth degree, and fourth degree is when the line goes flat, and my lines were wavering, almost going out. And God said, you tell them you've been bitten by some insect. Tell them that it's not what they think. It's not old age. It's not anything else they might think. Tell them what the Holy Ghost is telling you. You got a virus inside. And they brought in the infectious disease specialist. And she said, sir, what's wrong? And I told her, she said, you have Lyme. And I said, how do you know? And she said, only a Deer tick could do that to a healthy man and immediately began to give me the antibiotics and I began to recover. I don't know about you, but I've had grace. I've had grace. 
The very fact that we are alive today, it could have been something that happened to you on I-15. Every time you drive 215 and I-15 and get home safely, you've had grace. It could have been something you ate for breakfast or for dinner that went down the wrong windpipe, the wrong pipe. I've lost friends that way too. Strong, healthy people just eating dinner and laughed or said the wrong thing or breathed the wrong way and something got stuck. It could have been a stray bullet. It could have been, as they have on that TV program, and I don't look at it because I don't want to, a thousand ways to die. But God has spared you, and he has spared me, and I say, thank God for his grace. What do you say today? Amen. But it's not only that he spared us to be alive today. He has provided for our needs. Notice, I didn't say our wants but our needs. We have food to eat, and if you don't have enough of it, you see Brother Pruitt, Elder Pruitt over there next door. <laughs> we have food to eat, we have roofs over our heads, and we have clothes on our backs, and when you consider how some people are suffering in this world, When you consider not only those people you see in India and Africa and some far off places, those children with the flies in their eyes and with mucus running from their noses and with, with, with distended bellies and, and hunger, and when you consider all of the poverty and the grief, when you consider, when you pick up the paper and you see the want and the poverty and the trouble in the world today, I say, brother and sister, abundant life and guests here today, God has been good and he's given you and me amazing grace. He's giving us amazing grace. And he's given us a grace, good grace, because we're in our right minds. <laughs> you know, a lot of folk walking around in Las Vegas, not in their right minds. A lot of folk have been affected by disease. A lot of folk have been affected by trouble in their lives. Some people have gone through trauma. Some people are affected by death of their loved ones and friends and disappointments and divorces and separations and treatment by their spouses and all kinds of spousal abuse and elderly abuse. There are troubled people who can't think right and make good decisions, mumbling to themselves, walking around, making crazy signs and gestures, but God has given us our right minds, Amen. clothed in our right minds as it is called in the word. And I say thank God for his amazing grace. And then God has been gracious to us and given us, given us his grace because he's given us a knowledge of the three angels' message. He's given us a knowledge of the remnant message for the last days. He has given us an understanding that when a person dies, that person doesn't go to heaven or hell. He's given us understanding of his word. 
He's given us an understanding of the Sabbath day, of tithes and offerings and how to do it and what it means. He's given us an understanding of why the world is in the condition that it's in. He's told us that evil men and women will wax worse and worse as time draws on toward its close. God has given us a knowledge of the book. We don't have to wonder about the flood and creation and evolution and did we come from monkeys and, and fish and, and, and animals out of a tree. He's told us the truth so that we can see more on our knees than the scientists on his tiptoes. God has given us his word and his knowledge and I say thank you Jesus and it's amazing grace that has brought us into that word and he has given us most of all amazing grace far beyond description in that he has provided us a way to life everlasting you and I were born to die and if time lasts every one of us will die now you can say, well, Jesus is coming soon and that's going to happen before I die. You don't know that. And I don't say that with any lack of belief that he's coming and that he's coming soon. But soon can mean that after you die, the next thing you hear is his voice. That's soon. but he has made a way of escape beyond the grave. Amazing grace that we are born to die and we are born to be destroyed as sinners forever, never to have breath or intelligence again, but Jesus came and he died the second death. He died for us and that is amazing grace. And you've heard me say it before, but let me say it again. It's like the judge who sentenced the criminal to hang because of his murderous conduct. But as the bailiff was leading the criminal out to the gallows, the judge takes off his robe and says, wait a minute, I will die for him. That's grace. And that's the grace that Jesus has given to you and to me in addition to all else that he's done. And he did it when we were yet sinners, Romans says. When we were still in sin, if you can imagine, when we were still enemies against him, when we were still cursing and swearing and doing what the world does, God so loved us that he gave his son who shed his blood to forgive our sins and to provide us his robe of righteousness so that even though as long as we live we have these evil urges inside even when we do good all our righteousness is as filthy rags but we are acceptable to the father because Jesus covers us with his life what kind of grace is that grace that provides blood to forgive me of my wrongs and grace that provides a robe to cover me with my undone, unfinished condition so that I can be made acceptable to the Father. And I think it's a good thing that on communion day,
we remember that old rugged cross whereby that grace has been provided, that escape has been made. And I'm going to provide time now, we're going to provide time, so that everybody here can give God a word of thanks. Wouldn't you like to do that? I'm going to ask my elders now to take their places. You know where you're supposed to be. And we're going to take the next 20, 30 minutes so that each person in the congregation can turn to your neighbor and just in that little cloistered situation, you can express your appreciation for God's love and for his amazing grace. Elder Richardson, I want you to come to the middle of this middle aisle and take about the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and I'd like for Pastor Omar, you go to the back. Go to the back, and I want you to conduct in, in the back. Sister Rosa, you help Pastor Omar to understand that he's going to lead the testimonies beginning with the row in front of you. Bring him in front of you in the middle. Bring him in front of you in the middle, and he's going to conduct that testimonial right there. Thank you. You may begin. Elders, let your people speak, and tell God, if you will, your appreciation for his amazing grace. Choir? Thank you for your, thank you for your music today. Anybody here like to speak a word of appreciation to God for his goodness? Please.
all wish we had more time, but we have other parts of our service that are calling us. I know we could all testify more grandly, more greatly, at length, and I know heaven is pleased when we thank God for his mercies and we don't have to wait to church service or communion we can do it in our daily worship we can do it when we wake up in the morning thanking God for life and health and the Lord loves his people to give him praise and I'm sure he is pleased if you didn't get a chance, join us at prayer meeting Wednesday night. We're studying the righteousness of Christ, and you're welcome to come, and we always have testimonies there. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for these moments of reflection as we look back, Lord. We thank you for what you've done that we know about, and we thank you for all those things we don't even know about. Lord, there's so much that we know, but we, we understand that you have saved our lives, you've blessed us, you have taken us around the dead ends of destruction many, many times, and we didn't even know it. Thank you for Jesus, and thank you for our guardian angels, and for the way you've kept and bled and fed and, and directed us all our lives. And now as we give that thanks, most of all for Calvary, for the grace that was there shared on our behalf. We pray that you will bless the next part of our service, the next parts, and as we entertain the ordinance of humility, and then we come to the conclusion at the table of the wine and the bread, that your Holy Spirit will seal a determination in every heart that we will not do despite to this grace. We will not abuse this grace. We will not refuse this grace. But we will accept this grace and we will show our appreciation for the way we live. We will not just mouth our appreciation, but we will live our appreciation. We will by the things we do and see, by the sacrifices we make. Lord, if it means sacrificing friends, if it, if it means changing jobs, if it, if it means whatever to our personal likes and our, our personal attractions, Lord, may we be willing, because Jesus has been so merciful and gracious to us, may we be willing to give it up for Jesus, to give it up, to let it go, And may we study and pray and may that determination stick because we have been rooted in the Word. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, we never leave this auditorium without giving an opportunity to those who don't know Jesus or who know Him but have not been keeping all of His commandments to raise your hand and say, Yes, I would like to be a member of a church like this. We're not perfect here, but we serve a perfect God. And he has his perfect promises. And his word is true. And we invite you to join us as we move toward the kingdom of glory through the kingdom of grace. If there is a man, a woman, a boy, a girl who's here, 
who's not already a Sabbath keeper, but you believe in the commandments, and by raising your hand, you say, yes, help me, Brother Pastor, help me. I want to learn more, and I want to get ready for full membership. Just raise your hand right where you are. God bless you. Where are my Bible workers? All right, thank you. Thank you, Sister Barbara. You see the hand. Who else? Who else? God bless you, children. He sees your hands as well. Who else? You're not now a member? All right, Brother Charles, bring a paper to the gentleman right here in the fourth row. Thank you, Brother Larry. You're going to help us. The hand is over here as well. Who else, before we separate? You thank him for his grace and you promise to live that grace. Thank you. Father, you know our hearts. You see our hands. Seal the word that we will not refuse or abuse or misuse that grace and wound the heart of our Lord from which flows that mercy. And we thank you for hearing us. And we thank you for keeping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you who gave the individuals their cards to sign, be sure to pick them up. So you be sure, Brother Larry, you be sure, Sister Barbara, to pick up those cards that were signed. And if you didn't sign one to give us your name and address, you tear off that little piece, detachable piece on your bulletin. Put your name and your phone number there, the other information, and we'll be back to you right away, and we'll prepare you further. At this time, while the instrumentalists play, I'm going to ask that the ladies will retire to the rooms to my right, the men will retire to the fellowship hall to my left. You may use this door. Pastor and Brother McGriff, if you'd open that door for the brethren. And we'll be back in here in about 20 minutes. The washing of the feet is a little baptism. We're asking the Lord to wash away the dust, to wash away the sins that may have accumulated. Everybody is invited. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to be a member. Everybody is invited to participate. And those of you, for some reason, you may not be participating. You may remain where you're seated. There will be music and there'll be meditation right here in the audience, right here in the auditorium.
337, redeemed in your hymnals. Hymn 251, he lives as our elders prepare to enter.
We will utilize that song as our piece of introduction and ask now that the table be uncovered. this time we will have the scripture for the bread emblematic of the broken body of our Lord and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me Now the prayer for the blessing of the bread. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come to you doing such a special occasion. Father, we pray that we have all searched our souls, that we've all prayed and asked that if there is anyone that we have offended, that on this day, on this hour, that because of grace, it will be removed and that we will be forgiven. Father, bless us as we partake of your body. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen.
Let us break bread together on our knees, hymn 403. Let us break bread together.
Has anyone been overlooked? Thank you, gentlemen. We may come forward. Hymn 317, Lead Me to Calvary. scriptures make it clear that when Jesus had been crucified he went back to heaven but he left a legacy and he said to his church as off as ye eat this bread and drink this wine this juice of the vine you memorialize my death till I come remembering the suffering of Jesus for us Shall we all partake together?
Amen. At this time, we will have scripture for the juice of the vine representing the blood of our Lord. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you do eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And now prayer that God will change this portion from its natural to a spiritual use for the edification of our souls. Our uh, merciful Father, excellent is your name. Powerful is your blood, Father. This afternoon, Father, may your blood help us to overcome, Father, Amen. with every every obstacle in our life, Father. Bless us this morning and purify us. Your blood so powerful, Father. It can be unite us and our money with one voice, Father. Do that for us, Father. Please, Father, we are in the quarter, the last quarter of 2010. Bless this ministry, this leadership, Father. Bless them. And Father, give us the best why. One day we'll be joined hand together in your glory, Father. Bless us. You ask us to, you, you, you tell us to ask, Father. We ask you, Father. Bless abundant life. In praises and sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
I'm going to ask that if there's one of my sisters or sister, the sister, or one of my brethren here would like to make a testimony while we're finishing, any of my elders like to say a word for the Lord? I want to give God thanks. I remember services like this that I would be absent from. I'd be absent because of my sense of unworthiness to participate. In fact, there were times I'd come in the church, not a long time ago, and I'd see the table. And because of the sacredness of the table, I would leave. But it's amazing where God can bring you from. Now I run to the table. I run to the table because I know what it can do for me and that I need it, as opposed to running from the table. And I just testify that God can change you, redirect your priorities, and I give him thanks for that. Amen. Anyone else? Well, for myself personally, I would just like to thank God for for seeking me when I was lost and presenting to something to me so wonderful that I don't have any regrets for it because I've been changed and I am truly a new woman in Christ and I love him with all my heart, with all my mind and all my soul and I just pray that what he's given to me I can help others to see, you know, the way to salvation that is nothing better than knowing Jesus for yourself and, and living for him. So I just want to be a living testimony of him today and forevermore that he is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I just want to praise him for loving me so much to come seeking me when I was lost. I praise him for that. Amen. Amen. We may have time for one more. I, I'm, I'm just thankful for um, a church family that we have here. You know, I mean, if, if you grew up in the church, you, you really understand. But see, I didn't, I, well, technically I did grow up in the church, but I didn't start as, as an infant in the church. And, and what church family means to me and how it helps, helps, helps me to grow. Uh, I teach Sabbath school over there for years, but I think I learned more as a teacher than I did as a student. And I'm just thankful for the church family, and especially this church family, because God really blesses this church. God has a purpose for this church, and I'm thankful. You can, you can all you do is look at the blessings that God keeps bestowing upon this church. He's got a work for us to do, amen. Has anyone been overlooked? If not, you may come forward, please.
prophet of the church reminds us that when we come to this part of the ceremony it is not with sadness when we do the foot washing we are asking for cleansing we eat the bread we remember his broken body but when we drink of the juice of the vine it should be with joy our sins have been forgiven we've asked God to forgive us we've asked God to cleanse us we've asked God for whatever we need for our spiritual deliverance and strength and we thank him for what he's done and it is with happiness and joy and fellowship with him and one another that we partake together shall we all partake now with gladness and joy in Jesus
Amen. Let's join in singing hymn number 306, Draw Me Near. God states that when they had finished the supper with the Lord, they sang a hymn and they went out. We shall sing our fellowship hymn. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. And please don't forget, there are containers at the door. As usual, we give an offering for the poor and we ask you to remember those among us in that category. Shall we stand? What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Please reach around, shake hands, give your neighbor a big hug a fellowship class in Jesus, and we are dismissed. A fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting. We are dismissed.
We are dismissed. God bless. Have a don't forget we distribute the food. We need help loading the wagons. We need help to load up the food. Brethren, especially the men, we need your help as we load up the wagons. God bless. Happy Sabbath to everybody. Let us rejoice in the Lord. And remember, after the worship, the service begins.